Welcome to the WrestleDown. WrestleDown. <laughs> As we get closer to the season of Hollow's Eve, Ooh, it's all—it's two—it's a week—it's two—it's a month and two weeks. <laughs> I was trying to do the math. It's like a—it's a month and a half away. But I'm very excited because there's a Bob Dylan thing coming out the day after, and also I've got multiple Halloween parties to go to. And it will be your birthday! Yes! I'm seeing the Knicks against the Celtics! (laughs) Why did I do a horse voice when I meant to do a ghost voice? (laughs) Uh, This is the WrestleDown. We talk about wrestling. Clearly! (laughs) I'm Jeff Waffle. We got Dennis Bruno, my co-host, and our mascot, Keaton the Kitten Man. Uh, He's not facing the mic. He was... uh, He he has not watched enough wrestling to really... (laughs) Uh, <laughs> contribute too much this week. Yes, this week he's not going to say much um, because there wasn't there wasn't much wrestling to watch really. Um, at least not notable shit. Like I'm I'm well behind on New Japan. Yeah, but. which is to say, like there's also kind of uh, like the smaller shows for New Japan, so there's not a lot to be like behind on per se. Yeah. Um, the AEW folks are uh, ramping up for. Mm-hmm. Their big television debut in a couple weeks, uh, two or three weeks, two weeks, I want to say. Uh, uh, yeah, it'll be two weeks. Yeah, first week of October. Yep. And that leaves uh, the WWE to go ahead and roll out its two-hour premiere of NXT, Ooh. which happened last night. Yes, yeah. And you said you didn't get a chance to see it? Not in its entirety. I did yeah. watch uh, the highlights. or Well, I watched some of the highlights. I read all the results. Mm. And, uh, yeah, Undisputed Era fulfilled its prophecy. Yep, they are all draped in gold now. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was weird because um, I was on... I like When I woke up this morning, I took a quick look at Hulu because all of WWE's stuff that airs on TV winds up there. Yep. And then I looked at the WWE Network, and each thing was like an hour-ish of like content. So I was like, oh, so they must have put the USA Hour on Hulu, and they must have put the WWE Network version on WWE Network. Yep. Because they had to split the two hours because of um, the, the fucking juggernaut that is Suits, the final season. <laughs> uh, so USA aired one hour of NXT, and then the, the show just continued on the internet. Um it was weird though because I realized uh, a couple hours after watching the the Hulu cut yeah. that they did like a chunk of the hour that aired on USA, and then they just threw in half of what happened on WWE Network. It's a weird mishmash. Yeah, it's weird because like you lose. I mean, you don't lose a lot. You lose like a, a squash match that took like a second between um, uh, Cameron Grimes and someone else who I'm forgetting right now, but mm. the match literally was one move, and, you know, that... It was a pretty good match with Pete Dunne and uh, Arturo Ruas. Yeah. It's only on the network right now. It was Sean Baluda who literally got stomped. Yes, there we go, yeah. Yeah, that match, not on the internet in any form. Mm. Um, maybe in a GIF. That's about it. Yeah. Um, but, like, like, that... The compressed version on Hulu, like... What else? There was like one. Oh yeah, uh, Zia Lee basically crushing Aaliyah. Mm. Um, not, oh my god! N- not the singer, uh, <laughs> <laughs> the wrestler, uh, who I assume is wrestling in the name of, in the memory of Aaliyah, the R&B goddess. Um, <laughs> one could assume, because yeah. like 
You gotta, oh man, Aaliyah. Yeah. Uh, she used to be a cat person. She's kind of rich now. Yep. Uh, she's half of... Uh, Tag team. Yeah. Um, something in Bougie? Yep. What is it? Uh, Born in Bougie, because mm-hmm. Vanessa Born is the vision. Yes. But, oh uh, god, that, that match was... Uh, it's, it's, it's one of those things that reminds you that NXT is... At its core, like still very much a developmental brand, but also a showcase for like some people who are fully polished. Right. So it was a little, a little bit of a bummer seeing Xylee stumble a bit here and there. And I remember what, and as I was watching it, I literally watched it today. Aaliyah literally just ran arms down at her like, <laughs> three times. Yeah. And just got kicked each time. And like it was the same kick twice. It was a different kick the third time. And I remember thinking, yeah, this is exactly why you're here yeah. right now doing this. Yeah. You can't be trusted to do anything more than run at a person, and sometimes you mess that up. Yeah, sometimes people... Uh, it's interesting to watch someone be green. You, you know? Will. For six years. <laughs> yeah, that's true. She's been at it a while. Yeah. Because, um, like, Xylee, I think, has a tremendous upside. Oh, Amazing yeah. look. Yep. Uh, Wushu practitioner moves elegantly mm-hmm. in the ring and could very much be presented very differently than most people are. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm, I'm sure week over week she's going to do better. It's just... Interesting to see Aaliyah. Yeah, yeah, she's where she she should be. Mm. Um, but that was like those like three matches were like basically it, and then Hulu just had like the highlights. So I thought that was just the first hour, mm. and I came out like, holy shit, what a first hour! That was incredible. There were like three banger matches. Everything led to something else to like set up something from the future. Uh, we're probably getting Walter versus Kushida um, soon. Uh, fuck. It, looked, it was amazing. And then I got it home and I was like, I've seen half of this before. Yeah. That's weird. Why are they doing this match twice? Right. Um, but yeah, we got, uh, you know, uh, Leo Rush is back. He's awesome. He's, mm. uh, he's a speedy little guy. He's fighting, um, fucking, uh, he, he fought Orny, Oni Lorkin. Orny. Orny. <laughs> I'm Oni, I'm, I'm Honey for Oni. <laughs> <laughs> well, so. <sword. laughs> Pony if you're only. Yeah, great match. Fucking awesome. Pony <laughs> Lorkin, yeah. your truck stop's favorite pro wrestler. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, th- it feels like this is the type of match. Um, I, I read about it. I was about to see it, and then mm-hmm. I ran out of time today. But um, this feels like the type of match that was booked as if the Cruiserweight Classic psychology mm-hmm. held since like that tournament to present of just... Let the people who can move really fast and highlight their uh, excellent style of like striking, submissions, yep. different psychology, just use it all at, at high speed to high impact, and that mm-hmm. sounds, it seems like that's what it was. Yeah, it was a really impressive like 11-minute match. Um, yeah, I'm happy because like they also did a really good job of showing that they're going to be pulling from these other wayward WWE... Um, properties yeah like nxt uk is just kind of floating out there off in the other side of the ocean mm-hmm. and uh literally floating yeah yeah it, they do it on a submarine <laughs> um i just realized submarines don't float by definition um it's a wwe submarine <laughs> so it floats it goes off road it has screen doors it's, <laughs> um, it can travel to space Space takeover. It's the funniest way to throw the most people into a pool. Space uh, over. <laughs> but, um, you know, they got the uh, fucking Imperium, the Walters uh, uh, faction yep. to show up, which 
interesting timing because we got board games coming up. Oh, yeah. That might, you know, play in. Or maybe it won't. I don't know. But then we got, like, a 205 Live showcase, too. So it's like, okay, there are going to be, like, a lot of different things going on in uh, NXT now, and that's kind of exciting. Yeah. War Games is an interesting concept as you bring it up now because there's so many people, uh, faces specifically, who are just kind of floating right now. Yeah. There aren't really a lot of strong alliances outside of Brazongo. <laughs> so you got Johnny Gargano, who just is like, I'm not going anywhere. Yeah. Smile. Um, Matt Riddle, who just seems to be destined to do this forever with Killian Dane. Yep. Keith Lee is going to fight Donovan Dijakovic again, which is going to be fucking great. Yep. Can't um, wait to see that live on TV. But then you have a bunch of disparate dudes like uh, Jordan Miles mm-hmm. and Velveteen Dream, who's not doesn't really specifically fit into any kind of alignment box. Yeah, but he's now titleless. Right. So in terms of like your people who have a grape with the era, I could imagine like the Street Profits and Velveteen and maybe Jordan Miles, but maybe close to like Gargano on like yeah. a War Games team, right? Fighting the UE, right. I, seemed, yeah. I feel like it's like a situation where, like, Gargano can get his win back over Adam Cole without getting the title back. Yep. You know? Um, yeah, I'm interested to see if Imperium sticks around long enough to have another fight there. Um, they just had an all-out brawl with the whole... The, all the men on the roster, at least. Right. Um, like, at the end of the show, to show off all... We have all these dudes! Yeah. We just have all these big, sweaty dudes. They don't have to wait for, like, Worlds Collides events to basically showcase that they have so many talented dudes on a roster who can just throw hands. Yep. Yeah. It's uh, it's going to be interesting. They also, did you see that Worlds Collide is going to be replacing TakeOver and Royal Rumble Weekend? Interesting. Yeah. Um, I wasn't paying that close to the yeah, the timing, but that's cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's, uh, they, I don't know, they haven't made a big deal of it, but that's how it's been announced, like, a few weeks ago. Mm. So I think that's interesting that they might do that, and maybe that means fewer takeovers or I don't know I don't know how they're going to do it but that's kind of interesting I like it uh, more opportunities to have 205 Live people uh, wrestle in front of crowds that care um, that's all I want yeah I mean I want a lot of things but that's one of them <laughs> <laughs> that's one thing that I want um, I was going to say that's, that's a pretty self-satisfied life if that's all you want so <laughs> good on you but yeah yeah I mean I was reading a little bit today about some people want uh, NXT to tr- tour outside of Full Sail University. Yeah. Some people don't. I'm very much of the mind that, um, similar to your thought of just like people who would be ravenous to see them, yeah. it should feel like a big deal when they leave. Mm-hmm. So that I like them. I like the idea of them staying at Full Sail for the live show every week. Right. And then when they do have a Worlds Collide or a Takeover or some kind of special event, it feels like a happening. Yeah, I agree because like though that audience. We're like how many years deep into this, and that audience is electric every time. Mm. Whereas you watch a Raw or a SmackDown, and everyone's kind of on their phones, mm. and it really brings the vibe down. Even if like you can be watching a match that like is great if you were to write it as a story, but then like you watch it and you're like, they don't give a shit. Why should I? Right. And you know, so I am I'm happy with them staying in full sail. I want as much of it to stay true to what made it successful in the first place. Like, I'd right. be heartbroken if they, like, they started touring and then, like, they changed up the creative team. Yeah. Or, you know, whatever. I was all... They did a good job with the commercial breaks. Those were paced out very well. That was something I was worried about. So, you know, all, for now, very exciting. Yeah. I'm like, if AEW, like, shits the bed completely and, like, all they accomplish is that they pushed NXT to two hours, worth it. Yeah. Fucking worth it. I, oh, I, yeah. I'm very happy. For North American wrestling fans, it, mm. it's a win. And I mean, it, in a sense, it wouldn't be ideal because the McMahon juggernaut continues to get fed on the pro wrestling side. Yeah. But 
we're very close timing wise we're in september now to the xfl kicking off again and yep. you gotta imagine that vince mcmahon's attention it has to be divided if he's going to be running a little that. bit yeah um so the hope is that the brain trust of your paul Heyman's, your triple h's uh, whoever else helps make them successful, if that means Stephanie, if that means Eric Bischoff, yep. continue to take things to successful new directions. Yep. Um, I didn't catch SmackDown, but um, Kofi Kingston getting thrown tornado style by uh, Big Beefy Bork Boy. Yes, Brock, Brock Lesnar is back. To announce that he is going to he, fight. He is going to make the ratings good for that first <laughs> SmackDown yeah. on October 4th? 4th. Yes. yes. Okay. Yeah, so we'll see uh, how that turns out. I also didn't watch SmackDown. It feels like they're treading water, yeah. and I only have so much time. I got into. I've been trying to catch Alyssa up on Breaking Bad. Mm-hmm. Um, we just finished. My roommate is a cat, uh, so the the runway's clear for Breaking Bad. Yeah, uh, Keaton, not as big a fan of my roommate as a cat as as the humans in the room were. Hmm. Um, interesting. Yeah, I know. Yeah, but I think maybe maybe it's because it's uh, an anime where. Uh, it's about a relationship between a human and a cat, but it was written by humans. So maybe he's like they're misrepresenting my culture, and you know he doesn't he doesn't drive that way. So someday there's going to be a show that gets produced written by cats. All of us should be helped in terms of understanding it. Yeah, but I'm going to hope it's accessible. Yeah, me too. I think that they would do a good job, or, or they would sleep and miss the deadlines. Who knows? Um, maybe that's not a fair uh, way to talk about cats. Um, sorry, Keaton, but you do sleep a lot. Um, <laughs> he's under your chair. Yay! Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, so, like, I hadn't had time to watch a lot of wrestling. I did, no, I watched Raw last week, but, you know, I've, I've kept up a little bit, and then, like, just, I don't know, did you watch Night of Champions? I the, did. We I, talked about it, we'll talk about it a little bit. The clash of the Night of the Champions. <laughs> um, yeah, it, oh my god, like. Last Sunday, I just put this, uh, last Sunday, WWE had their Night of the Champions pay-per-view, and we watched it. And I, I thought it was super mediocre. Yeah, I it, it didn't really it didn't really feel like it, pe- it peaked at any particular area. And what was stunning to me, I was describing it to a friend of mine this week, friend of the show, Monty Lopes. Of like, ah. by the time that I had tuned in, I thought that they were kind of adhering to like seven to eight was the pre-show, kind of mm-hmm. like what SummerSlam did. Mm-hmm. And I feel like there was a kickoff at six where they crammed shit tons of matches in. So. Um... Wait, when did, you, when did you say it started? I feel like I tuned in at like 7.30 or 7.45. The show starts at 7. Okay. Yeah. Holy crap, so they got even more matches in than I thought. Because, yeah. like, I tuned in at New Day versus Revival, mm-hmm. which was a fine match, but I feel like it took a while. It did, yeah, it, I think it, it felt like it was just more putting over that the Revival are uh, tag teams to be feared. Yeah, which, great. Yeah. I'm, I'm by no means upset about the fact that they're tag champions now. Mm-hmm. The announce team called out the final two minutes being really slow, yeah. where, like, they hit the Shatter Machine on Xavier Woods, Biggie was down, yep. and just... And then Graves, who just, like, is becoming a little bit more insufferable week to week, but, like, is screaming, kind of like I was thinking in my head of just, like, why don't they just pin him? Yeah. He's, he's dead. And then they did their leg submission on him when he was already hurt, so Xavier Woods had to tap out, but it was just strange. But before that, they got through Rollins and Strowman. Mm-hmm. They got through Bailey and Charlotte. Uh, they got through the Raw tag thing, not Rollins and Strowman. That was the main event. That's what I mean. Oh, okay. They were the champions. Yeah. Yeah, Rollins and Strowman versus okay. Rude and Okay, Ziggler. yeah, yeah, yeah. But... Yeah. Um, and uh, AJ and Cedric. They uh, through... AJ and Cedric was on the pre-show, though. So that that's where my confusion is. Okay. Of just like, so did the... I had thought the pre-show was going to be 7 to 8. Yes, and yeah. And the main card, they were going to 
you know, pace it out differently. But yeah. the pre-show, so was the pre-show at 6 or 6.30? 6. 6. It was just uh, the Cruiserweight match uh-huh. and uh, AJ uh, Cedric, which was mostly a squash. Yeah. Like, I, I was super bummed about that. One. Right. So that's my thing of just like the t- the kickoff I've been conditioned to think is just like mostly a talk show. They have a match here and there. Yeah. So by the time I tuned in, I was already like in its a title match pay per view. Yeah. So they were already four matches deep mm-hmm. um, into the fifth, and I was like, "Holy crap! I feel like I've missed so much." Yeah. I mean, of all the matches were really short. Yeah. Like I think, well, I think the longest was Kofi versus Randy Orton mm-hmm. because excuse me, Randy Orton moves at a, sl- a snail's pace at all times. A snail snake. <laughs> it was the most fearsome snail of all. The one that can bite you. <laughs> um, and he's always salty, so he's basically invincible. Oh, God. <laughs> he should dissolve, but he doesn't. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think that one was like 21 minutes long. From what the times I saw were like... I think the next longest was uh, Becky versus Sasha. Mm. And that was only 13. Yeah. Um, Felt way longer because of the post-match. Yes. The po- yeah. If you... The timing that I saw were from cage side seats. And it was... Uh, it, they stopped timing when Becky hit the referee. Ah. So, like, the post-match was very long. Yep. But, like, yeah, the actual match was about 13 minutes. And uh, with, with that being the second most, everything else was under 10, yep. pretty much. Um, <laughs> Bailey versus Charlotte being less than four. Unreal. Yeah. Which, like, we c- talked about that a little bit last week of just, like, this, this felt like the first of a series of matches between mm-hmm. the two of them, which makes perfect sense. They're playing with new alignments. Bailey's not fully heel. Charlotte's not fully face. Mm-hmm. So you do have some kind of fuckery to kind of get, like, Charlotte nukes Bailey, but Bailey cheats a little bit to literally run away with the title. Yes, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, so it was, like, super mediocre. Like, it never... None of the matches really had the space to be good, mm. and I don't really know if anything really happened. Yeah. Um, it just seemed to have just set up, and then, do you know what the date is for Hell in a Cell? I feel like it's, like, October 6th or something stupid. Um, I, I don't know off the top of my head, and, like, on top of what we're talking about, though, just, like, we, we knew that The Fiend was going to challenge for the Universal title, regardless of who won, Rollins or Strowman, which... Yeah. This is still a part of me that wished that Strowman didn't lose, in part because it's Strowman losing again, but also right. because I think that a three-way is way more interesting than it is to have uh, Rollins versus The Fiend. That being said, Wyatt is doing incredible work as The Fiend, and that match is still going to be very good. Yes, I am looking forward to that one. Uh, so yeah, Hell in a Cell is, like I thought, uh, October 6th, mm. which means that as of last Sunday, they, they would have had one, two, basically two weeks of shows to, like, set up the next pay-per-view. I kind of wish I'd known that going in, because it really makes sense that all of Night of Champions was basically setting up shit that's going to happen and that's going to play out for the next three weeks. Which, like, traditionally as fans, it's it's nutty, because, like, the titles are supposed to be the end destination mm-hmm. of just, like, you. not only are you the, the best wrestler in the world, you're so good that you're a champion. So the fact that championships are used as kind of, like, commas and, like, ellipses to get to the end of a story is very strange. Yeah. Well, I, the, the end result is blood feuds, Yeah, I guess. It's just kind of a bummer that, like, they have this pay-per-view with a lot of great matches on paper, and then they kind of just <laughs> farted them away, um, which is too bad. Uh, I, uh, like, none of it was, like, so, it was bad, and literally none of it excited me. Right. Um, some of Be- Becky versus Sasha did, but it was also kind of, like, I think by that point, the crowd was kind of checked out enough to, like, affect the match. Yeah. 
It, I mean, like you, like we're saying, it, it was table setting. Of yeah. Just like we're we're setting up kind of more interesting leads for the next thing. I was really hoping like Nakamura and Miz was gonna hit it. Yeah, right me here. too. Very happy that they gave up on Zayn just yelling during yeah. the match, like two minutes in, because I was like, this. I love these three guys. I hate this. Yes. Yeah. I think I and the match definitely improved as soon as his mic like cut off or whatever happened. But like, um, I. I am looking forward to. I feel like the the logical endpoint of Sami Zayn as Shinsuke Nakamura's uh, um, manager or mouthpiece, Familiar. whatever, yeah, is that eventually he's gonna wind up in the Royal Rumble with like a bunch of people that he's pissed off, and they're gonna beat him up, and it's gonna be entertaining. Yeah. And until then, it's gonna fucking suck. Yeah. <laughs> it's gonna suck watching Nakamura matches, which I did not think that I would ever say. But I, I mean, and they can have some fun with, like, visual gags. Like, yeah. I can easily imagine um, Shinsuke coming out in, like, Zane's nowhere to be seen. Shinsuke sets up his cape, he pulls it away, and <laughs> yeah. there's Zane. Yeah. It's like, no. Yeah. I do like the cape. Yeah. That, that was effectively the highlight of the pay-per-view <laughs> for Capes. me. Um, yeah. And I'm sure he'll wear it again, so you don't have to watch Night of Champions. Uh, fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> That's our official review. I'm like, after watching Night of Champions on Sunday and last night's NXT today, I'm like, oh, main roster WWE isn't relevant to my life. Yeah. I don't really want to watch it. Uh, we'll see how SmackDown turns out when it, like, it moves to over to Fox. Um, but I don't fucking need to watch it for now. Yeah. I'm going to stick with NXT. I'll give AEW a shot. I got a ton of New Japan and stardom to catch up on. And I think an Eve show lingering in my uh, queue somewhere. Whoop whoop. Yep. So I don't I don't need that shit. Uh, <laughs> I thought um, I wish that they would just let everybody do good stuff <laughs> instead of demanding that they do bad stuff. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Um, overall, you know, I, I I am still looking forward to Hell in a Cell. I think Becky and Sasha in the cell can be something special. Mm-hmm. I think whatever crazy theatrics they come up with for Bray Wyatt in the cell is going to yeah. be really good. The Fiend visuals, because I was trying to imagine, like, as long as they... It, at this point, it feels like they've built up so goodwill that they could do, like, hokey puppet things, mm-hmm. but also make it, like, terrifying. Like, yeah. instead of having Rambling Rabbit and Mercy the Buzzard just kind of be sight gags, have them just, like, bleed or explode or something. Yeah. Like, something visually very jarring that, like, this is the type of thing that Kane used to be very good at, and a lot of other creepier characters. Like, this is, I feel like, what they wanted Boogeyman to be. Mm-hmm. Like, visually jarring, but also very scary. Yeah. Um, the ending to Raw this week was very much that. Right. Of just, like, Kane weirdly making the save for uh, Rollins when the OC and Rude and Ziggler were all beating him up. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Kane makes the save because they're in Knox uh, County, and then the Fiend just mandible clawing Kane to death, which, mm-hmm. like, Whenever a seven-foot man gets taken to the ground by way of another man grabbing his mouth hole mm. and just throwing him there, and then just crawling up on another dude who was just fucking done. He had been yeah. beaten by five guys and then just basically watched the mouth murder of another man. Yeah. It was, yeah. Good. Yeah. It was good. It, everything with the Fiend is effective. Yep. So, so far, so good with that. Uh, hopefully it doesn't get too crazy. It would be funny if Seth Rollins, oh, like, went under the ring, like, pulled up the ring apron to, like, get a chair or something like that, and as he pulled out a chair, one of the puppets pulled it back from him. Yeah! Like, that would be weird, funny. It could, or they could turn off the lights and then project bugs onto the Don't mat. do that! <laughs> no! 
and then and then as the match goes on, it keeps happening, and uh, the bugs get yeah, the different. Uh, di- they use different bugs in the projection. They did that, <laughs> which like oh my god! I remember the first time that that happened when it was Wyatt and Orton at WrestleMania. Yep. The first time I was like, oh, that is creepy. Yeah, they did it two more times. Like oh, now it's just silly. Yeah, because Orton didn't like sell it. He was just like, oh fuck, they must have made a mistake. I'm rolling out of the ring until they fix this. Yeah, right. Like yeah, it didn't uh, connect. Uh, cause, uh, Randy Orton, uh, doesn't give a fuck. Stupid. Yeah. Sometimes, sometimes it's charming, like on Twitter. But other times, it is, it put it away from my face. Momentum murdering. Yes, yeah. Um, I hope Kofi, whatever's next for Kofi, it might, it, oh, it's Brock, duh. It's Lesnar, yeah, yep. Duh. So, oh, and that's like two days before, uh, Hell in a Cell. Yep. So maybe they'll set something up there, and maybe, I don't know what can fucking happen, I don't necessarily care either <laughs> like this is the wrestle down yeah. nxt is so good i'm it sorry is. yeah i just watched like eight stardom matches in a row and they were all delightful yeah um that, i mean that's the era of wrestling that we're living in now yeah. which is it, it's it's a great thing of there's, there's so much quality that you don't have to look very far for that no i mean you can be critical of anything you want at any given time as america Yep. But, like, main roster WWE, which is often presented like this is the best possible product, is usually not. Yeah. So, yeah, we'll see how it all turns out. But, um, yeah, rest, not a lot of wrestling this week. We're all just waiting for October 2nd and 4th to see how the landscape gets shaped. And then uh, maybe we'll put some houses on that landscape or maybe businesses. I don't know. I've, I've played a lot of SimCity. Maybe uh, hotels. Maybe pay more rent if you land on it. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, Keaton, we can ask Keaton later on what he would put in that space. Probably poops. Uh, <laughs> Could you imagine? Depending, depending on the you know the style of sand there. Um, the first five minutes of AEW on TNT <laughs> catches. <laughs> I, you know what? NXT is so good. Wouldn't care. Right. I'd be like, hey, I still have something to do on Wednesdays. Um, it feels like something they would try to get away with with like the best friends in Orange Cassidy of just like mm, you'll watch it. Yeah. Uh, if there's a cat on AEW, I'm switching my allegiances. It's, easy. it's simple math. <laughs> if there's uh, a live cat. If there's a live cat who appears regularly. I know they have a dog. Yeah. But a cat, you know, I need something that my my my, my first son can relate to. They don't just have a dog. They have a pharaoh. Yes, they have true. A, a royal dog. Yeah. Keaton. Cats were royalty first. Egyptians. Um... <laughs> 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 yeah. Speaking of royalty, yeah, uh, we have our we're going to do segment mania. Segment but mania. Uh, for, for that, I should say that our show is brought to you by the Geek Down Network and also by Pop Tart flavored pumpkins. Um, <laughs> <laughs> do not ask me how this happened, uh, Alyssa. <laughs> Alyssa bought some uh, pumpkin flavored pop tarts mm. the other day, and I kept saying that they're very good. And then a couple days later, some pumpkins showed up on my doorstep, and I op- I, I cut them open, and I, I ate a bite, um, and they always tasted like a Pop-Tart. And I don't know what kind of voodoo magic thing it is, but there was a note inside also that said, mentioned it on the show, um, it might be because I was eating one of the Pop-Tarts in my bathroom, and I said um, Pop-Tarts three times in the mirror. Um, <laughs> now, now I have a minor curse, I think. Um, but I will be eating, you know, I don't, I'm going to try to eat these pumpkins, uh, despite the fact that they're flavored like various Pop-Tarts, 
Um, it's a menagerie of flavors. Every every bite, a different pop tart. Oh my god! It's it's magical, but also I don't know uh, how much like sugar and shit is in there, so I think it might kill me. But until no. until then, try out pop tart flavored pumpkins. They're fucking weird. It's a breakfast <laughs> feast. Is it? I don't know what day. <laughs> I don't know what day of the what what part of the day you eat pumpkins. Just fucking. I can't even cook them because I don't know how they're gonna turn out. I just eat these raw pumpkins, and it has been a week. Um, yeah, I mean, the, the, I feel like the natural choice is to try to toast them in some way in a toaster oven or a toaster. But if they're raw pumpkins, yeah, you're good. Yeah, yeah. yeah, pumpkins are big, and I do not have a big enough toaster. Um, I don't have a toaster at all. Actually, I have a toaster oven. Um, and it does not fit pumpkins. These are big pumpkins. Like Charlie Brown style. Fair enough. Um, yeah. So, I like that they just showed up on your doorstep, because just like, at first I thought you were going to try to tell me these were like pumpkin people. Yeah, no, no, there's no pumpkin people, Dennis. That's something the government made up. Um, that's right, tomorrow where 51 gets raided. Yeah, that's something the government made up that Tom DeLong has already told us is not true. Um... Have you, did you read that? No. Oh, he, um, it wasn't about pumpkin people. He, like, posted some, like, UFO footage, and then the government said that the footage, uh, should not have been released. So, oh, God. Yeah. So, that's fucking, I, I'm so mad, because I hate that that guy was right, because I saw Angels and Airwaves open for, uh, Weezer one time, and I hated that set so much. Oh, no. That I will not forgive Tom DeLong. and I'm actually happy he's not in Blink-182 anymore. Take that. Right, Keaton? He joined a song about aliens. Well, maybe as of tomorrow we'll find out if Area 51 actually has the aliens. Yes, I bet it doesn't. <laughs> it would be really stupid just store them there and not move them anywhere. It would be really stupid if anybody got in. Well, I mean, enough people doing a Naruto run at it. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like there's only one person that I want to get in, and that's Bad Luck Follow. Yeah. Uh, this has been Memes from Last Summer. <laughs> people, but people are excited for it. <laughs> people are excited for a lot of things not night of champions but a lot of things um one thing that people are excited about and this might actually not be true but people are excited <laughs> is this week WWE also crowned their latest uh king of the ring uh tournament winner yeah um the, the one and only Baron Corbin. Baron Corbin. Um, who, yeah, he, he beat Chad Gable in the finals of a tournament. Uh, King of the Rings, a tournament that WWE holds sporadically. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I just, I pulled up, I had a discussion with somebody because they were like, uh, Baron Corbin sucks, they gotta stop giving him good things. And mm. I was like, well, like, who's won the King of the Ring tournament before? And it's a mixed bag. <laughs> it, it, first off. It's a real Pop-Tart pumpkin. Yeah, the first one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> every every bite's a different flavor. I love how we're, I, we don't plan the advertisers in advance, not to break kayfabe here, but, <laughs> but they all, we always find a way to tie them into Segment Mania, and I think that's really beautiful. I like that our show is kayfabe. <laughs> it's, everything's kayfabe. Um, <laughs> Keep your kayfabe, you did it. Well, he doesn't care. Oh. <laughs> he's just living his life. He's living it. Uh, he's he's like Bret Hart. He's <laughs> he's his like his life is kayfabe. It's just uh, a prolonged shrug. Yeah. Uh, speaking of King of the Ring winners, Bret Hart won twice in a row. And so, like the tournament happened. Start first time happened uh, was 1985, mm-hmm. and there've only been like 20 
uh, years that it's happened yeah. since then. So it's just whenever they run out of ideas, essentially. Whenever they just want to push somebody or they need to kill time on a pay-per-view or some shit. I don't know what the, the rationale is every time, but it's such a random assortment of wrestlers who have won this thing. It's a fascinating like way that you phrase that, too, because you're, you're right. It usually doesn't have like a big rhyme or reason to it, which no. is funny only in the sense that like their once upon a time was a once a month pay-per-view cycle mm-hmm. that like they got kind of strong-armed into to compete against WCW when WCW was picking up speed, but the whole format is a tournament. Yep. And if NJPW and other companies have proven anything is that like if you book a tournament well, it's very entertaining. Yep. So for WWE to trot it out almost like a ugh, we're out of ideas is just it, it's a very interesting insight into what they think of it. Yeah, it's really weird because like it started out as a one night tournament where yep. you'd have like eight to sixteen wrestlers re- elimination style brackets, you know, until you get a winner. Yep. Uh, over the course of a night. Uh, and then this most recent one was just spread out one match per competitor, I guess, would be the best way to put it, mm. over the course of, like, a month and a half-ish Yeah. Um, on two shows. So it's just weird. It's just however they want to do it, um, they'll do it that year. Sometimes half of it's on a pay-per-view, half of it's uh, on TV. And, yeah, I mean, you want to talk about our favorite kings. Um, I just want to do... Uh, uh, honorable mention here because I hate when our topics are like just exclude women. Uh, Queens, uh, Shayna Baszler, Queen of Spades. Oh yeah, uh, it's an honorable you know a queen thing that is related. She's amazing. I think mm. she's been doing a great job as the NXT champion. And uh, Io Shirai founded Queen's Quest, the um, stable and stardom. Nice. So she gets that. Uh, they're just a bunch of cocky assholes, yeah. and uh, I love them. And especially Io, now that she's evil in NXT. Yeah. Right, Keaton? She's the one that happens with the strobe lights. Yeah. Oh. I mean, in that vein, um, Queen Sherry Martell, then. Yes, In yeah. terms of, like, I mean, it'll hook into uh, or uh, connect to the list of kings that we have or the kings we can pick from. Yeah. But, I mean, it's it, the essence of royalty is just kind of what you had alluded to there, um, of just, like, prestige mm-hmm. and honor and... Like, being a little bit uh, bigger than your britches. So, I feel like Sherry Martell was always very good at um, elaborating on why she was a heel and why people should boo her. Um, Also, always just very attractive and very good in the ring, but but just, like, was scary Sherry. She made you just, Mm -hmm. like, fearful of her and her strikes and her voice. Yes. And as uh, the macho queen to the macho king, Mm -hmm. very much added to the the whole grandeur of that pairing. Yes. So, yeah, your first one... Uh, Roger King Randy Savage who beat King Kong Bundy also a king but not a king of the ring right um, <laughs> different but fuck man yeah he was Randy a Sav- king baby Randy Savage could basically do no wrong except yeah. for when he was rapping and <laughs> Christmas and, presents and he also Christmas yeah, presents. yeah except for when he was rapping and in some of his personal life but uh, otherwise <laughs> <laughs> but in the ring as an entertainer Nader, fucking awesome also he and everyone he harmed in his life is dead. So Jesus Christ! <laughs> when you think about it, it's kind of true. Okay. <laughs> is Sherry Martel alive? No. Yeah, Elizabeth's dead. Yeah. Savage is dead. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. So yeah, I I can I can enjoy Randy Savage's work without harming my conscience. Um, Great. <laughs> Glad we covered that. But I mean the the 
the king part should just really be like dug into a little bit more, just because it um, at a, it was at a time where Ultimate Warrior was champion, mm-hmm. so like Hogan was getting transitioned away from because he was starting to film movies and. Yep. Uh, Warrior was not really getting the reception that people were, or like Vince McMahon, say, would wanted him to, and people weren't, like, uh, taking to him the way that they did Hulk Hogan. Yeah. So, in the background of that, um, you had Macho Man cheat to become, uh, I assume he cheated, to <laughs> become king. Yeah. Because that's what you do when you're a heel. Right. Uh, he had his whole royal coronation that his brother, uh, the genius of, uh, glory and renown, um wrote a whole speech for him. He had a throne in the ring. There were a bunch of heels there for uh, for his coronation and everything. It led to him eventually getting a shot against Warrior. Um, yep. Actually, well, no. Slaughter beat Warrior for right. the title. Yeah. Um, but he smashed his scepter over Warrior's head. Mm-hmm. So, like, genius use of not only proof, uh, or uh, props, um, but also just, like, working in, just being very bitter. Yeah. That... He demanded a title shot and, like, sent Cherry to seduce Warrior, and it didn't work. So he was just like, all right, if I can't get the title and I can't get the title shot, then I'm going to take it from you. And he yeah. did. And put his career on the line, and, and his crown, really, yep. against Warrior. Ended up losing, and in... Uh, what, WrestleMania 7 was that? 7. seven yeah. Yep. yep. Um, not only lost his crown, lost his career, lost Cherry, lost everything. Yep. And who and came to his rescue? Reunited with his love of Miss Elizabeth. Yeah! Hey! One of the most memorable WrestleMania moments of all time. Yes, yeah, and, and probably the best Warrior match of all time. Yes. Maybe. Um, yeah, that was a fantastic one that I just rewatched a couple months ago. Mm. Uh, did you know that Savage and Elizabeth were actually in the middle of a divorce? Yeah, I found out. Yeah. Yeah. That's fucked. That's whoa. Uh, yeah, they did a great job. Uh, yep. <laughs> all things considered. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The, but Savage, as the, the Macho King, uh, was fantastic. Yep. And kind of set. I mean, I guess I Harley Race was the winner before that, so I mean, he kind of set the and Don Morocco. But I don't know anything about anything before 1987. Mm-hmm. So, but I'm mean, Harley Race is already a legend by that point. Oh yeah. So. Um, he was handsome Harley Race, which at that point was kind of just kind of like the WWE's way of WWEing him. Yeah. Um, to just like make him stand out from the stable of dudes in Bobby Heenan's faction. Right. Yeah. Super interesting that the first one, two, three, four, like five or six of these uh, um, King of the Ring winners happened in New England. It's yeah. Kind of a neat little uh, bit of uh, trivia there. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, uh, do you want me to? Yeah, in either in uh, the first two were in Foxborough for yeah. Don Morocco and Harley Race. The next three were in Providence. Yeah. Uh, Savage, DiBiase, and uh, fucking Tito Santana. Yeah, uh, that's where you start to get into the like, this is who's winning this? <laughs> like who? Like did they have a plan? Like I, I remember when Bret Hart won it. Um, I don't remember if it was ninety one or ninety three, but it was ninety percent just to set up a fight between him and Jerry the King Lawler. Yeah. Um. Like, it wasn't... And he was already, like, the top dude at that point, essentially. Yep. So it wasn't much to elevate him about. And then it's just a weird uh, fucking... It's a weird thing that they just do sometimes. Yeah. Like, out of the... Like, m- my friend was complaining about Baron Corbin. I was like, out of, like, the 20 people who won it, like, maybe nine of them elevated to something else. Yeah. Like, I mean, looking at the list, you got, like, guys like Tito Santana, who was always a jobber, essentially. Yep. Uh, Mabel... Jobber. Um, Ken Shamrock didn't do much with it. Billy Gunn was super unmemorable. Yep. Um, 
I guess Regal was okay, but I don't remember him much from that time. It like with Regal, his win was interesting only in the sense that like he was already like power mad because he was yeah, general manager, right? Yeah. So he beat Punk in the finals, and like just I remember very in his way tried to be very sinister and sitting on the cra- on the throne. Yeah. And I remember thinking, I don't know what this gives him that he didn't have already. Yeah. There's like he. I mean, Regal always did great with character work, so yeah. that you know helps. And like Sheamus and Barrett were didn't do shit with it. So, like, Corbin winning it is like, I don't know. They already give a shit about this guy. Yeah. Clearly, they keep throwing him in the main event. So, you know, let him have it. Let him be fucking insufferable. I th- I'm optimistic about Baron Corbin as King of the Ring winner. Oh, yeah. I mean, we're, we're past the summer now where Baron Corbin kept getting put in the main event, kept getting put in, like, over the long matches, kept yep. getting forced to give promos that were just long meandering didn't really add a ton to the programs he was doing yep. mostly against Seth Rollins right so now he's just kind of like free of that he has something to crow about he can just talk about himself which some wrestlers are the best when they're just talking about themselves some people are the best when they're tearing down other people sometimes it's a mix yep Corbin's just good when he's Corbin yep so he's very hateable yeah it's very nice like I if a face takes the um U.S. title off of AJ Styles soon, like, Corbin right there as, like, a first feud with that guy, fucking, I would love it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so, uh, I mean, as far as our favorites go, uh, Bret Hart would be one of mine, but that's 90% because of, like, I'm a big Bret Hart fan. Yeah. Um, I have two Bret Hart shirts. <laughs> Ooh. One says Shawn Michaels. Big yeah. It's but, a shirt that when you wear it, uh, it tastes like Bret Hart. <laughs> <laughs> like, it, it doesn't taste like a Pop-Tart, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> um, I hope that there's not a Bret Hart-flavored Pop-Tart. Um, oh my god, it tastes so cynical. Unless it tastes like he tasted on The Simpsons, because they're yellow, I assume they're all lemon-flavored. <laughs> <laughs> not gangrenous? No. Um... But yeah, I I mean, I was a kid when I saw that, so I was like, mark it out big time. Yeah. Happy to see him beat Bam Bam Bigelow. Um, I don't remember his win over IRS, but I, you know, I remember the night that he beat Bam Bam for um, the second time. Oh, yeah. Um, second consecutive King of the Ring win over the course of three years. Right. Which, like, the, the win over Bam Bam is funny and memorable because uh, Bam Bam had given an interview about it after the fact on, like, a almost like an RF video, but even more indie than that, mm. where... Um, the interview was just like, so is it true that Bret Hart farted on your head? And he was like, yeah. I, I know exactly when it happened. He's yeah. fucking King of the Ring finals. Rolled him up in the victory roll. And on like two, so that like the referee was going to count it and the crowd was going to explode, just let it fucking rip on his yeah. head. <laughs> well, you gotta, you gotta. <laughs> I gotta imagine that's gotta happen a lot more than uh, one might expect right. in wrestling. Um but now there are mics that pick up all kinds of sounds, so maybe it happens less often now. You know what's funny? In all my years of wrestling, I think, like, aside from the times they've wanted me to hear it, I don't think I've ever heard a wrestler rip ass. Yeah, that's true. Huh. Yeah. But I mean, it would have to be louder than they're yelling. That's true. Um, Or loud as or louder. Right. So if you're if they go outside and they take a walk around a little bit, um, only the front row might notice, and they'll <laughs> all think that it's the fans right, right. around them. So... 
Who so knows? Hats off to every professional wrestler that never beefed in front of it. <laughs> Good job. <laughs> Not even in the fucking tiny electric haze in Worcester right. have we been able to hear anything. It's true. So... Good for you, keeping that backstage along with your secrets. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, there's so there's not a ton to pick from for memorable King of the Rings. Obviously, Stone Cold Steve Austin. Yeah, like that was a star-making performance. Oh, it yeah. was mostly about the promo um, that he cut during the tournament more than the win. But the win does help. Yeah, it was definitely the promo. It was, it was very much smart booking because at that point, like Jake was uh, in kayfabe taken to a hospital before, like, the last match of the night, so, like, Stone Cold had been winning matches, and, like, winning them a little sneaky, but, like, was way fresher than, like, Jake the Snake was ever gonna be. Yeah. And just, like, beat him down in the ring, tore off, like, the medical tape around his abdomen and things, and just, like, very, very definitively won that tournament, and then, yeah, capped it off with that amazing promo that in time led to uh, Austin 316. Yeah, it just took, like, a while for them to capitalize on his popularity, but, like, in hindsight, that was, like, the turn that was like, oh, this guy's the biggest wrestler of all time. Yeah. It's funny that you mentioned Billy Gunn wasn't really memorable, because yeah. I feel like one of the most memorable things about Edge winning was, yeah. like, he assured people after he won that he, was just, he wasn't going to Billy Gunn it. <laughs> yeah. Well, fucking Billy Gunn beat X-Pac. What a fucking finals. I can't even... <laughs> I'm still... Oh god. <laughs> Struggling to remember it. Yeah, I like I remember Billy Gunn winning it and being like, Oh, maybe there is something to this guy that I'm not seeing. Right. But somebody backstage thinks something of this guy and uh it kinda petered out yeah. and didn't really do anything. DX was an interesting faction in the sense that like they were always stronger as a unit and it was never quite as interesting to watch them break apart. Yeah, yeah, I never I mean even though like all of them are talented in their own right, mm. um is better together. Yeah. Unless you're tr- whoever he is. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Even then, Triple H needs a lot of friends because no one can remember who he is without them. This is true. <laughs> but yeah. Um, my my absolute favorite yeah. because I feel like there was a time in like the booking of this tournament where like so much of it had gone by and we were like way past like the heyday of WWE, WWF versus WCW. Mm-hmm. And kind of coasting on just, like, a lot of concepts and gimmicks and things that everything felt cartoony. Like, that 2003 to 2000 and basically 11 period of time felt very much like they're just going to trump up the prestige of whatever the hell. And it's not really going to stick, but they're going to keep trying things. Yep. Then, in the middle of that timeline specifically, in 2006, Bobby Lashley is getting heated up to be something. Yep. Uh, but you also have, like, dudes like William Regal and Fit Finley who are standing out strong enough on SmackDown, but not really cresting over into, like, believable interventors. And then Booker T. Yeah, King Booker. King Booker! He is... I mean, he's the best king of the ring. Yes. As far as, like, winning and turning that gimmick into something else. It redefined his character... From, uh, I mean, he basically carried over what he was doing in WCW as a uh, half of a tag team called Harlem Heat. Mm-hmm. He yelled sucka a lot, and he had some like cool dance moves or whatever to taunt, and like was a very, very good wrestler. But then he won King of the Ring and started fucking talking with a terrible British accent, wearing a crown and robe, carrying a scepter to the ring. His wife was with him. Um, <laughs> To, as a valet. Yeah, um, and as his town crier. Yes, yeah. All hail King Booker. Yes, yeah. 
And to the point where sometimes it just shows up like that backstage, like he did at night on Monday. That was Monday, okay, yeah. Yeah. I couldn't, I couldn't remember which... Or did he do it on both? He might have done it on both, but he definitely did it Monday with the Street Profits, but it's just like... You you don't mind when they harken back to things that really really worked and yeah, Booker is exactly just total commitment to this everything you just said like this wild commitment to having a British accent terrible accent <laughs> um, one of my favorite moments of his kingdom um, was when Crime Time stole something of his I remember this yeah and. <laughs> Like, police came, (laughs) and he was giving a statement, and they said, do you know, can you describe the assailants? And he was like, they all look alike to me. (laughs) (laughs) It's one of those meta-busting moments where you're just like, Jesus, bless you. Yeah, I know. He, like, no one else, first off, no one else, like, went that far with with, uh, it after winning King of the Ring, but nobody else had that kind of, like, cartoonish, like, absurdity to them. Yeah. Like, I don't even remember what the fuck Brock Lesnar did after winning He King beat the, the shit out of The Rock, that's what he did. Yeah, yeah, otherwise, I was like, that was one where it's like, oh, he was gonna be a, you know, top guy, yeah. no matter what. Didn't matter that he won that tournament. Um, yeah, other, like, I can't, there's not a better one than King Booker. Right. Um, Bad News Barrett tried to capture that a little bit, and so did King Sheamus, but no one could come close. Oh, God. I remember being very upset when Bad News Bear won because Bad News Bear was over as Bad News. Yep. He had a scissor lift. They just shunted him. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I remember. Yeah. Um, to give you, because he was always afraid that he had some bad news and a gavel. Oh, it was great. Yeah. And then they just made him a king because they wanted to and, like, of all things, like, he fi- he made it to the finals against Neville. So, the two British guys. Yep. Two fucking British guys. And just, like, Neville... He didn't need to be a king, but just, like, could have very easily looked very fun in a cape, which he already had. Yep. And just added a crown, it would have been fine. But bad news, they just, they put a literal hat on a hat. Mm-hmm. And, like, shortly after that, he was just, like, jobbed out through the League of Nations and then gone. Yeah, he was, like, frequently injured after that, even though he was the greatest character guy. Um, wonder if Neville calling himself the king of the cruiserweights is, a, like, a callback to that a little bit. Maybe not. But, That's an interesting point. Yeah, but, um... Like, it could be read that way or something that, like, stuck in his mind and yeah. grew until it was appropriate. But, yeah. Either way. I mean, good for him on um, being able to take something and making it more. Because, like, until Enzo kicked him in the balls, he was the king. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, what an end. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. And he's uh, tapping out Kenny Omega these days, so. Yes, that's true. Yeah. Great. That was a great match. That's one thing that makes me excited for AEW when it starts up. Um, but yeah, King of the Ring. Uh, we'll see if they do it again. Like, it's just weird to think that, like, they did it every year from 94 to 2002. Mm-hmm. And then it's been, like, fucking whenever. Like, yeah. it's weird. It's also weird when it's, like, multiple... Uh, it's something that takes place over multiple weeks. So they do that with other tournaments, like, when they run out of ideas. Right. So, it's very interesting. It's a weird. I love a uh, an oral history of at least two tournaments, yeah. just to hear what the rationale was for some of these decisions. Yeah, like the the decision making, the planning that goes into it. Because like, I would imagine somebody like Goto, who book who either has a hand or is the booker for the G One every year, yeah. probably has some fascinating sto- like stories behind like why he chose to have matches go a certain way, a certain order. Yeah. So I would. Absolutely- uh, you mean Gato, right? I do. What did okay. I say, Goto? You said Goto, yeah. yeah. 
Mankato. Yeah. Um, so, like, yeah, I'd be very much to know, like, in this case, how the royal sausage is made. Yeah. Um, I gotta imagine it's easier than the G1, mm. because you just got, like, brackets and then people just eliminate each other. I'm guessing that there must have been a point where Chad Gable this year got way over. They were like, oh, we need him to, like, keep going. Yep. Um, so that he can put Baron Corbin over uh, <laughs> to get maximum heat on that guy. Yep. Because the crowd was... It's... Uh, Chad Gable. I hope they do something with you. I hope they do something that isn't just fucking height-centric. Because, like, yeah. it's, it's always weird when they do things. Like, they did that with Brian, where it was just, like, not only does he have a goat face, but he's small. Mm. Chad Gable, like, just... It's the reverse of what Paul Heyman was best at with ECW and all the guys he managed of just like harping on one tiny thing mm. that isn't even a flaw. It's just he's it's just, just fact, shorter yeah. than a lot of pro wrestlers can be. Yep, and it just makes it more impressive that he can lift everybody. Yeah, hey Keaton. Oh man, are you a short guy too? Keaton just tried a chaos theory suplex on Jer, and he came close. Yeah, he almost did. I'm still in front of my microphone though, so he got himself off the floor. Yeah, right, Keaton. You say, you're, you think you're talking about, we're talking about you because you're short, but you're a long cat, so it kind of balances out. Right. But yeah, um, yeah, uh, blah, blah, blah. Corbin winning is absolutely going to lead to what feels like a slam dunk another match with Cor- with uh, Gable. Yeah. And I feel like that's going to be great. At the very least, Gable is going to be way over next time he shows up. If, yeah. You know, even if he, you know. Even if they fucking banish him to the to main event for a while. Right. Uh, not the main event, main event, the show that... I don't know when it airs anymore, but it's it's they still film it, and I've been hearing that Dana Brooke and Sarah Logan have been having good matches on it every week for a while. Great. So yeah, people are fucking wrestling. They're taping them and they're putting them out in the world somewhere. Yep. Just like we do with the Wrestle Down every <laughs> week. <laughs> I've been Dana Brooke. This is Sarah Logan. Uh, no. Um, <laughs> this is. Uh, yeah, so, I, 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 well, let's see, what, um, man, is there anything to look forward to, <laughs> like, coming up? <laughs> I just want to, like, end on a positive note. If there's I do. Anything, yeah. Um, the, the, I was going to wrap up one other King okay. thing, of just, like, uh, one great king who just wasn't specifically in, um, in the King of the Ring standings, even though we did mention him a little bit, someone fought him, it was Jerry the King Lawler. Oh, yeah. He just, like... He was, he's arguably the best king in wrestling aside from King Booker. Like, King Booker is a very fun character. Yes, But yeah. Jerry the King Lawler is, like, instrumental to uh, southern wrestling, specifically, like, the Memphis Territory. He became so successful that, like, arguably he's one of the first greatest instances of mainstream popularity and crossover. Like, Muhammad Ali fought Antonio Inoki, and that's, like, the first arguably, like, MMA main event thing, or yeah. mainstream main event thing. Right. But Andy Kaufman versus Jerry the King Lawler, like was strong enough of a program to capture national attention and to get on David Letterman at a time when talk shows were like one of the biggest like biggest regularly watched programs on North American television. So he parlayed all of that success into trying to make WrestleMania on his own with yep. the AWA mm-hmm. and uh, I think it was Super Brawl was yeah, um, about right. Like the the big one where he fought Kerry Von Erich and just kept going, kept grinding, kept working hard so that when uh, the WWF started like literally downsizing because of the steroid scandal in uh, WCW. It was smart enough to partner with the WWF to get uh, his guys in and WWF guys into his territory and Smoky Mountains. So, like you had this triad of Jim Cornette and Jerry Lawler and Vince McMahon and worked well enough together that they basically pulled each other through and over WCW. Yeah. Um, 
and he trans he got to immediately start his feud with Bret Hart by being like, I'm the king, and he kind of deserves it. He has like 50 years of being a fucking heel uh, on a at least local level, moving up to nationalism in some points. Yep. Um, so yeah, he definitely deserves the accolade. I think he's a piece of shit, but <laughs> he does. He does. De- he definitely did good wrestling. Oh yeah. And he was a great character. Yeah. No. Outside. None of that was to justify any of what he's oh, yeah. done outside the ring. Totally. Yeah. I, I. I get what you're saying though. Yeah. He's. A, he is a great wrestler. Yeah. Um. Okay. I was. I was so befuddled by like what Billy Gunn versus <laughs> X Pac was. I was like, what is the main event of King of the Ring 1999? That was Mr. McMahon and Shane McMahon in a ladder match against Stone Cold Steve Austin. Yep. Which. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. That makes sense both as the main event and also, oh yeah, that had some bullshittery, some oh like God. peak attitude era bullshit. But people were so in love with it, because you remember yeah. the end of that, right? Yeah, yeah, the briefcase gets pulled, Austin's almost going to reach the briefcase at the top of the ladder, and then somebody pulls the briefcase up out of his reach. Symbolism. <laughs> <laughs> if Vince Russo was good at anything. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, anything to add for... King's Reigns or anything else? Um, I I love tournament formats. I Me love too. big grandiose gimmicks, and I think that they work best when guys fully commit to them and are given a little bit more runway. Like I feel like a guy like Sheamus mm. could have benefited more from winning the King of the Ring, but just kind of looked very silly because he had like an Irish King's thing, and he just kind of looked like a wood elf more than he looked like a king. Yeah. But then you have guys who just hit like so absurdly sublime that they become legendary, like King Booker. Yeah, I, I love a good tournament, um, and I get why they split up the King of the Ring tournament over multiple weeks because like the wrestlers' health and whatever. Yep. But it is pretty thrilling whenever you can get one that's like one night with you know people wrestling three seven minute matches or whatever they do. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the King of the Ring fun time. Uh, it's a good excuse for at least fresh matchups. Like we wouldn't have gotten Corbin versus Chad Gable or a lot of those Chad Gable matches that happened over the course of the. Um, tournament this Chad year. Gable versus, of all people, Shane McMahon. Yes. I mean, it, had, it yeah. happened because of an Elias injury, but, like, yeah, we got that. It yep. didn't last very long, but we got it. Yep. Um, so, yeah. Uh, the, I'm always happy to see the King of the Ring tournament, uh, even if the, like, follow-through isn't always great. Mm. Um, yeah. Uh, this is... Yeah, this has been the rest of the hour. Yeah, it's smooth jazz. Yeah. Take us out. We are out of material. <laughs> <laughs> um, this has been the Wrestle Down. Um, I'm Jeff Palapal. My Twitter is twitter.com swing dingling. Dennis Bruno at dbruno42 on Instagram at sensei.nab on the Twitter machine. And ah. Keaton is Keaton Fuzzy on Instagram. He posts a lot. Sometimes he paints, and I'm going to put some of his paintings on there whenever he does. Um, yeah, just send one to our friend Jen. And she demanded it for some job that we that I helped her out with. Great. Uh, it's a small thing to ask, you know, because Keaton's always painting anyway. Um, but yeah, this has been the Wrestle Down. Uh, thanks for listening up to the Wrestle Down. Bop, bop, bop.